All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, my host, Dan, and Nick, and we are live uh, awkwardly from my hotel room. Yeah, we're, we're both on Brandon's bed. Brandon's uh, in a nook um, of his own making. And uh, you know what? We're, we're going to do it. We've podcasted in hotel rooms before, but maybe never this intimately. I don't know. Yeah, London wasn't even this bad. It's a, it's a micro hotel. Lesson learned. Yep. So very convenient for the 48 hours we're here. Uh, but Dan, preseason w- continues the journey. Uh, Chelsea taking on Brighton. It's going to be the match review today. Um, we were there in person, you guys up in the gods in the, in the press box. Me, working man of the people in the stands. Yes, you were. That's accurate. And I think we need to kick it off with a three-word match review. Hmm. Really? You're looking at me? I am looking at you because you came up with yours during the game. I did, yeah, and I'm very proud of this one. I had it in the old uh, holster for a minute, and then I decided once uh, the Mudrick goal went in that uh, perhaps we needed to make a pun. And uh, so I will go with Chelsea deserved win. Boom. Wow. Deserved. Creativity oozing at that point. Um, Okay, Dan, Dan, what about you? Chelsea linked up. Lincoln Financial Fields. Okay. Do what wow, you, do. you are really. <laughs> you know, no, the attack. The attack no was response. vibing. Okay. Yeah, you know, this All was right. a really good day out. It was a beautiful day in Philadelphia. Everyone was happy. The vibes were great. Chelsea got, you know, got going eventually and didn't look back. And you know what? Linked up. Again, Lincoln Field is the only thing I'm eh-ing about, which is interesting. Uh, Hater. Hater alert. They're not sponsoring us, so it's going to be a problem. Um, sunk the seagulls, right? That, that's mine today. Can they sink? Aren't they? Aren't they buoyant? I've been watching Nature's Metal Instagram profile. Oh, this, is, this is this is a case of bird <laughs> law. Turns yeah. out bird law. <laughs> bird law. Shouts to it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh man, what about the people? Enough with our nonsense, Dan. Usually we flip it, but you decided to to change it up. What do they have? We got there? good vibes right now. Rob had the striker slays seagulls, which is more accurate than Brandon's. Yeah, DJ fantasy with goals, goals, goals. Not wrong. That is a very accurate one. Wicked brew with the so that's football. Mm. The question being answered. Also, Janique did have deserved win. Deserved. Yeah, I, I combined deserved into one word, so. Oh, that's wonderful for you. And uh, CH with the, yeah, Buck Frighten. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel that way. I mean, it, it will, I, I think we should start off the pod by saying, you know, there was uh, the, quite the press conference yesterday, right? Um, you know, Deserby gets up there, and, and let's just be frank about it, talks a lot of shit. Couldn't possibly comment on other team's players except for, let's name a couple of Chelsea players. Um, and, you know, I think just you know, after beating us twice last year, probably felt it in his bones and he was uh, going to lead Brighton out in this preseason match. Chelsea, you know, still an incomplete team from a signings perspective. And uh, Chelsea smacked him around a little bit today and it felt good. Um, you know, I think... It's no mistake, Brandon, that uh, Chelsea made a particular lineup decision uh, after this press conference, and uh, I think it uh, kind of set the tone for how the day was going to go. Yeah, um, you're not wrong there. 
it uh the official lineup came out uh it was fun because we were in the press box trying to take it all in as it is it rolled but keppa and goal again um newly married keppa so we'll see what kind of a changed man that makes him the back four which has been a big talking point malagusto tiago silva captain uh, levi colwell and uh, ben chilwell along the back santos was our holding midder midfielder andre santos with uh, Connor Gallagher and Chuck Omeka bombing around in front of him with Raheem Sterling, Ian Motson, and Nkunku up top. Uh, we had, Danny kind of said before that it was going to be a young lineup. I didn't really feel that young. It felt pretty experienced at the end of it. Um, and initial reactions right away when you saw this. I think it all made sense in terms of who we knew had the fitness to be ready for this match. We had a chance and an opportunity to see some of the same players who played and started against Wrexham. So this is an opportunity to see how they were going to fare against a better side in Brighton than Wrexham. I think the Colo one made a ton of sense. Santos getting another opportunity to start as well was something that I was looking forward to. And yeah, getting Thiago Silva back was probably the one that maybe you didn't know how much he's going to need to play to get ready for the start of the season. So it makes sense that he would come in, especially as you potentially are going to try to get other individuals an opportunity to to play in that position as well. Yeah, I mean, outside of the midfield, that's it, that's probably your starting lineup for the start of the season against Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. Ian Monson up top? I mean, maybe. We'll see. I don't think that's your starting lineup for the... Outside of the midfield, it's pretty damn close. I mean, I think Thiago Silva and Cole will in center defense. I think Malagusto, based on where Reese James is or isn't right now is probably starting at right back and Chilwell starting at left back. That's pretty good. Yeah. Obviously Kepa's top goalkeeper right now, Sterling and Nkunku, maybe not Matson, but you, you start to figure out the rest of it and it's, it's kind of getting closer. I mean, we're less than a month away from Liverpool. So you got to start figuring something out. Yeah. Well, uh, the experience definitely picks itself. On the bench, we had Jimmy Cumming, Lucas Bergstrom, uh, Trevor Chalaba, uh, Bashir Humphreys, Alpha Gilchrist, uh, Cucurella, Lewis Hall, Chester Ray Cassidy, Enzo, Marrera, Angelo, Mudrick, Jackson, Burstow. They had a loaded bench, right? Um, so we'll get into more of the subs because Potch definitely played his hand into it. Um, but as we looked right away, uh, first, first, the, the backside moving forward, um, you guys want to kind of talk about players. Chilwell was phenomenal today. Um, Tiago was the organizer we were used to. Levi was up and down, but I wouldn't be too concerned about him. And Malagusto, I like. Let's, I like the look of him. Let, He's let, got fight. Let's do it this way. Let's do it as like who's stock, you know, who's rising, like who's going up, who's improving with the preseason that they're having so far, who still has questions, and where are we kind of maybe concerned. So like. You know, hot, hot to you know, cold effectively. Oh, it's e- easy on the hot side. I think Malo Gusto played extremely well. Um, you know, we've heard multiple times from Naz and Liam and uh, you know folks along the way how difficult it is to play fullback in this system. How much running you have to do. It was a real test for him today because he played Matoma, and we all know uh, based on our games last year, but also just his general play for Brighton that he's a very good dribbler. Right and and has feasted in the Premier League because he has a 
great working knowledge. There were plenty of times where he tried to go at Malagusto and was not successful. And so I think that's a pretty amazing uh, bit of work from, from Malagusto, only a second you know, run out for Chelsea. So I feel good about him. The only thing I would point out is he, for the first goal that Brighton scored, didn't do a great job sure. in defending the header. Now, I don't think it was wasn't a great position to be in in that scenario. So I would give a, a little bit of grace there in that moment, but he, he had an overall, I think a really strong game. I think when you look at someone like Colwell, who also started probably extremely strong and then on the inverse of Gusto, where it was the end of his game, giving up the, the penalty needlessly, that's where it maybe just sullied a little bit of what in general, was a very, very, very strong game. And I think it shows, hopefully, because I think this might be the first time a lot of people are watching Colwell. People are were probably not watching Brighton too heavily last year. And this was an opportunity, Brandon, for those individuals to get to see why he's getting as, as hyped and as recognized as he is. I mean, he definitely still has some work to go. He's not the finished product. Uh, but what he does show is is exciting for obvious reasons. Um, you want to talk Co- about a couple of balls over the top to Chilwell were, yep. were absolute peaches. And, you know, again, he's big and physical. And the game was incredibly physical for a Premier League. Uh, or I guess it's Premier League Summer Series. Mm-hmm. But for a summer game, this was uh, not so friendly. Um, I think the teams really went at each other. I think the level of intensity was high. It almost felt like a regular season game. And so, you know, you need someone back there who's not afraid to challenge and, and get in the air and, do his job, and I think Cole did a pretty good job, probably like a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I thought uh, Chilwell was phenomenal again. Uh, the, if, if the fullbacks are going to continue to be important, he's ready. He looks ready. He looks in great shape. Uh, he runs, runs, runs. Uh, got, got fouled forward. a ton. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because he's, he's making these driving runs. He's getting beyond the opposing defenders, and they know there's nothing behind him. He's being dangerous. It was interesting the couple of times where – he would drift in and Nkunku would drift out left and the way that they would interchange to create lanes up top for one another. And that's where you saw Colwell getting the opportunity to play it forward on the left-hand side. And, and you know, really, there more, more often than not, Chilwell was further up than Motson, who was playing actually in the wing role, whereas you had Chilwell who was playing as a left back. And that was just a... He, Gusto... Brees James, Kukurea, Matson, whoever's playing in a wingback role this year for or fullback role for Chelsea, for Pochettino, they are going to be doing a ton of running. Yeah, it, it was also interesting because, you know, you start Matson kind of started on the left wing, but they exchanged positions just quite a bit throughout the entire game, right? And so I think for me, that was a really fascinating part of this is. You know, when Chilwell would make a bombing run forward, Matson would kind of, you know, fill in uh, behind. And that's a it's a big deal, man. I mean, it's it's nice that they were so comfortable with each other that, you know, when one went, the other didn't, you know, get scared off by that. I was impressed. Uh, Connor played the full 90 for starters. It, the lineup has him as a 4-2-3-1, him and Santos holding, but I don't think he did a lot of holding. <laughs> he is box to box. But I thought his stock rose again today. Uh, he didn't have the best first half, I'll say that, but I Correct. think in the second half he really did shine. Yeah, I mean, if you think of the game, Chelsea were doing well the first like 10, 12 minutes, then Brighton really kind of 
you know, stepped it up and, and went after us. But in the second half, I mean, we just controlled. I know we obviously conceded in the second half, but the team from just like a look, the eye test standpoint was way better. Connor was a big leader of that with his energy, willing to put in a tackle, not going to let anything kind of slip by him. Um, two goals and two. Yeah, absolutely, which is a great thing that we need. Um, Santos and Chuck Omeka, I thought they were okay today. There was times that uh, Carnes would do a good job at turning a defender, but a lot of times he ended up just getting the ball with his back upfield. He didn't know where to go in under pressure, and maybe it's a system thing. Uh, and sometimes he got caught with the ball under his feet a little bit tonight. I, I don't know how concerned I am with some of the things where the ball was under the feet. You have a lot of new passing partnerships that are being created. Yeah. This is the first game where most of these players are playing with one another outside of some of the individuals like Chowell or Kepa, uh, Tiago Silva, where they have experience playing with one another. So this was an opportunity for for fitness, for building partnerships and moving forward in a way that's going to really help get them ready for the season. I actually think Santos, I like that he's continuing to put himself into challenges to be a little bit more of a physical force there. Chuckleka I think is showing some promise and he's showing a little bit more of the reason why we ended up going after him last year to bring him to Chelsea. I think the question is what does that mean for what his level of involvement is in the season? You know, this is on the day we also heard about um, some potential new midfielder targets that the club are going after. And if Chuckleka is someone in more of an attacking role, this would be kind of maybe a challenge or a threat to that too. Yeah, and that, that player is Mohamed Kudos. Um, David Ornstein reporting that today. Uh, Ajax player, played for Ghana in the World Cup, nearly broke the net with a shot in the World Cup. Uh, <clears throat> a really good player that a lot of teams have their eye on, including Brighton. Uh, so there's a fun little wrinkle there. But but yeah, that would certainly um, mean less time for someone like Carnes. And so uh, it's a really interesting decision, Brandon, that Chelsea have to take there because... Uh, Carnes is obviously a mega talent. Um, we know that Chelsea wouldn't have signed him if, if there wasn't a really high ceiling. But whether or not he is going to be best suited this year on loan is kind of the question why I think they're playing him so much in preseason. I would say, just from a stature standpoint, I thought Santos was bigger. Watch him in that U20 tournament. It, he's not as big no. physically like Cassidy. Big, tall guy. Uh, but he plays well, and he's not afraid of a tackle, especially at this level. So what I, what I like about Santos is he just keeps the fucking ball moving. Like yeah. it's impossible to take it off him because he knows exactly yeah. where he wants to go with it. And I think there were times where some other players, like Carnes or like Connor, would get stuck on it because they just didn't have that natural rhythm to them. And it, I, look, I agree that Santos is raw. Cassidy's raw. Like these guys are not day one starters for yeah. Chelsea, but it, it's not that hard to look into the future and see that there's some real fucking talent there, you know? Hey, without a doubt. We're going to take a quick ad break. When we get back, we're jumping into the attack. A lot to talk about up there with all the goals. So thank you to sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, so attack. I definitely left Raheem, Ian, Matson, and Nkunku up there, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, Razmataz probably should have had a goal today. A little less Mataz. Yeah. Know? Um, talked about his diet. He, he's Raheem now. He, he's he's making, Raheem at the moment. Yeah. Hey, he's he's making changes. Uh, he knows that he wants to do better. It uh, finding good possessions had some good driving runs, but again, waiting too long to pull the trigger, getting shots blocked, shooting right at the goalkeeper. Um, he 
he just seems to to have a little bit of a block in his head versus the instinctual player that we've seen. Yeah, I mean, he was on my kind of trending down list today. I think, you know, this is obviously, you know, one preseason game. He didn't play that great against Wrexham either in, what I think, like 30-some-odd minutes in that game or whatever. So, you know, again, take take these however seriously or not seriously you want to. But I think some of the problems that we've seen him go through even last year, Dan, are still there in terms of decision making and figuring out where his runners are going to be and when to pass uh, the ball and like the the moment that I'm kind of referring to is like when he's one on one with the goalkeeper who has completely closed down the near post and is not going to let a goal in from there. He just kind of shoots it at his chest instead of cutting it back. And it's like I don't know, man. I, again, it's not the end of the world. Like I, there's a really talented player there, but it just is frustrating to watch. Again, it's preseason. Players are building trust and relationships with a lot of people for the first time. I think I would be more concerned if it's the last game of preseason. We've got a week or so to go before we're playing Liverpool, and these are still the issues presenting themselves. We're all trying to watch these players get ready for playing under Pochettino, very physical system. I think the fact that, in general, Raheem and the rest of the team looked fitter on the day. We were talking to a good friend, Ollie Glanville. He put it about a week's difference. I think that's a fair assessment to say. Chelsea look about a week ahead comparative to Brighton in terms of their conditioning and readiness for the season. And this other things like the passing, the making the decision, that's stuff that can be corrected more easily than just our team being more vicious, more ruthless, more determined to go and attack the game and attack it for the extent that which is going to you know get the end result Brandon that we're looking for which is wins with goals yeah when Ollie said that rather smart thing I thought Brighton are obviously a year ahead in terms of system yeah because they can still pass their way out and that was the difference you're like yes okay this is the difference with a year in a system building towards something and if you put what here's the big thing this team had hunger today, which is, again, this is my first game of preseason. Having witnessed last summer, there was no hunger in that team whatsoever. Futures were up in doubt. Everyone has been signed, is ready to go. They know they're on long-term contracts. We got a new manager. They've bought in. And I think you see a lot of that on Twitter, talking about that with Nico Jackson and things. is like, ah, he feels bought in, which is exactly what you, what you want to see, obviously. Um, Ian Motson doing work. Hey, put me in, coach. Where do you need me? Great. He he is taking on the Marcos Alonso role. He's almost playing like a second striker off on Kunku. He was so far central. Chilwell had acres of space on that left flank. All you can do as a young player in preseason is, one, do what the coaches tell you to do, and two, when the opportunity presents itself, take your chance, right? And, I mean... We've seen Kukurea play. We've seen Matson play. I know which one I'd prefer to see more of, right? Okay. And so uh, I hope, you know, for, for a young guy who's coming in, who had, is coming off a great season last year for him in the championship, that, you know, Poch is looking around and going, 
oh, there's a player here. Like, there's a real player here. Is he a, you know, again, maybe he's not like a day one left back because, you know, we, we have one of those in Chilwell. But I'm super impressed with what I see from him. I'm super impressed with what I see with Nkunku, who I think is a class above in terms of touch. Bro, he's so good. It is, it is like, I mean, it's, it's lofted balls. It's ping balls into feet. It's the way that he takes his first touch and dribbles around. I mean, it is seriously impressive. He he's the player that I like tweeted out. I was like world class. His instincts, the flicks. I mean, at one point he had a center back so far up his backside. He just did one of those little little stamp chips, spun it to the side. He rolled. Defender didn't know what was going on and took him down. And like the referee ended up not calling it. But I don't think the referee knew what happened. I mean, Nkunku is just his movement, his instincts are next level. He's bigger than you think. Like he's probably closer to six foot, whereas most of the players on the pitcher are five, seven, five, eight. He's got an advantage. He didn't seem to be too worried about Brighton's big center backs, scores goals, creates chances. Um Well, and that finish that he had is like yeah, it's not the banger that Mudrik scored, which we'll talk about in a second. But it's an instinctual finish. It is a guy that just, the ball is coming. All I have to do is get this much of a touch on it, and it's going to go in. And how many times did we fuck that up last year? Well, I was going to say, Dan, no one here is going to complain about a goal. <laughs> no. no, never. Never again. <laughs> you know, he looked really, really sharp. You know, this is a player who didn't have to play the entirety of last season because he was coming back from an injury. So... He had to condition himself back in. He's in really good shape. I think he's really ready to be a part of the attacking infrastructure for Pochettino. The question is going to be, what's that going to look like when we potentially sign a midfielder, when we potentially add a different type of profile and an attacking midfielder, when we put him and Jackson on the pitch together? Those are things that are very, very interesting. But what the nice thing to see is, is that even without having our full complement of players available and playing a makeshift attack, that he was able to get that goal. He was able to, didn't crack under pressure, found an opportunity, took his opportunity, and converted it. And everything you were begging for, and we were begging for last year, was clinicality in front of goal. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a little of that. Again, it's it's against a mid-table Brighton team because that's what they really are. <laughs> uh, look, I, I again, context of this game is that it's a preseason game, but given everything that's going on between Chelsea and Brighton right now, all the negotiations, everything that started the game, it's a big goal because it, it's you don't get three, four nil down. You, you come back, and I, I just appreciated that he. He was there. The context thing is, in, you know, I think you take the clips of this podcast in isolation and a Brighton website or even like a Arsenal or Liverpool fan website be like, oh, well, and these Chelsea fans, they finished in such a terrible position last year and now they're just going way too far to the extreme. They did not have the season that we had last year, which was dreadful. And so this type of catharsis that is happening right now. It's called excitement, Dan. It's it's joy. It is pure joy. And it, looking forward to this season in a way that many people, based on the way that last season finished, would have, if you told me, hey, we're going to go win two preseason games, which Chelsea do not win a lot of preseason games. We're going to do so by scoring multiple goals in both of them, nine goals across two games. You would have thought I was a liar. We, 
we had nine goals from like Mart from I think the last time that we saw him play till the end of the season. Like mm. it was a drought, man, and now we have some rain. It feels so, good. So the, the hyperbole is it's us. It's us. Or is it? <laughs> Hopefully not. Cliffhanger. Ho- hopefully not. So, you know, first half ended, uh, was it level? Or was yeah, it 1-1. 1-1? So at that point, you know, I would say it was in the balance. I could see it going either way. It's not like Chelsea were all over them. We had seen four players getting warmed up right before halftime. Uh, Cassidy, Chalaba, Mudrick. Cucurella, and Mudrick. They're the ones that came on at half, and I would say very much imposed themselves right away. The The halftime team talk worked. Um, Poch was down the tunnel right away and uh, clearly getting stuff ready on the whiteboard for the boys when they came in. Yeah, I mean, l- let's start by, by talking about Mudrick because, I mean, this is – it's a guy who I think, it, it, you know, in the midst of a war in his home country – a guy who did not start super fast for Chelsea and I think put himself into the to the Euros, the, the under-20 Euros, to try and get some game time, try and get the good vibes back, remain fit, right? C- comes into his first kind of minutes under Pochettino, and I think hair is kind of raised on your arm a little bit with what he did out there. It's not only the speed, Dan, it's, it's the – the goal, it's the finish. It's some of the movement off the ball that, you know, when you're up in the press box like we were, you get to kind of see the whole field and you got to see some of the runs that he was making and some of the challenges he was putting in defensively. It was a, it was a really, really good performance. Obviously, the goal is kind of the capstone of that. Well, and context being important because, again, we're trying to be realistic but excited. That came after the the second yellow card for the red card for a dumb challenge on a reckless fucking challenge. Yes. Not, not a good one. And it came after then to Brighton were down to 10. Nico Jackson came on. Van Hecke, get the Van Hecke out of here. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Not as good as you're deserved. Um, and it was just a little interchange. You know, Nico made it, got it open. Mudrick was flying in. And he just cork uncorked it. It was awesome. Unless you were there tonight, you don't understand how fast he is. Yeah. There's the Twitter clip going around where he played it into space way too far ahead of himself, and he still got there before it went out of bounds. That's probably the best way you can understand it. Wesley Fofana came back and said, Mudrik is way faster than Mbappe, and it's not even close. He's quick, man. I, I I think getting to see some joy on his face, oh, really, really good, right? Celebration. Such a relief. People in the stands with the Ukrainian flags. Yep. That was really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, again, all you can hope for, one preseason game, context all included that we've just spoke about, is that he takes the chances that are coming his way, too. Because as a weapon, hypothetically, you start to think about some of the balls that were played for Chilwell. And if those were played for Mudrik, where he might end up, right, with some of the the service that was coming through. Additional to that, Nico Jackson. Ooh, my goodness! Four four assists, one goal, and in what two halves of football? 
I mean, it's decent. I would say real quick. Decent Mudrick, return? Mudrick was asked to predict where Chelsea will finish the season. He said, quote, I don't know about that, but I know Chelsea only think about finishing first. Cold. Love it. Love it. Uh, his partner in crime, like you said, Nico Jackson, the the one-touch combinations throughout the second half with Nico Jackson involved, Dan. Giroud-esque. Uh, he would check into space to get the ball, then immediately would look to roll off and fill said space right away. Um, goals himself, he ran the line, ran channels. He did a lot. And, and I think that what more could he possibly do at this point there's only one thing score ahead of goal <laughs> it's the only thing he hasn't no, we, done we, we do know that that is the tactical deficiency for one nico jackson this is great though he we we've had conversation with friends before and they were talking about how they weren't maybe excited about the signing for chelsea they it still is a we're gonna look forward to seeing more but the excitement level if he again, if he does this against Newcastle, if he continues his contributions heading against Fulham, if he can get some done against Dortmund, like he is going to take the back half of the last season or the the last 10, 12 games that he had for his time at Villarreal, and if that it was the start of where he's going now, which is being a bit of a red hot attacker, red hot striker. We are in for a very good time to start the season. Yeah, Shaq meme. I apologize. I wasn't familiar with your game. Hundred um, percent. And and I and I think it, again, I, the goal was a phenomenal finish. And credit to Kukurea. no luck too. Yep, credit to Kukurea playing the ball through to him because I think it was a phenomenal ball through. But more impressive to me, Brandon, were the small touches in space. Mm-hmm. Right. These these are not hidden hopes. Right. This is a coordinated effort to score goals. Obviously, the assist to Mudrick is a banger. But when you look at the assist that he had, and it's a very small little bit of movement to Gallagher, super impressive. We know, uh, sorry, we know that we're going to play uh, against a lot of low block teams with a lot of big ass defenders who are just going to crowd the box. The ability to work through those situations is something we did not have last year. Mm-hmm. And this is a dude that's showing that he can actually do it. Uh, in those moments. And Brighton are not Wrexham. Brighton are a Premier League team. So the fact that, you know, he actually increased his production today uh, is is impressive. Again, comes against 10 men for a large part of it, but uh, we can't control how stupid Brighton players are. We just got to play against the team that's out there. Yeah, that's tough. A um, lot, lot to go, a lot of early positives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the overwhelming thought and sense right now Chelsea fans are excited and understandably so the end of last season was miserable the fact that there's this much positivity this early on and Poch has only been here three weeks in one day technically then even Naz tweeted he's surprised the team looks this cohesive this fast all we can do is be excited when players do awesome things we're going to look for consistency we're going to look through at perseverance through difficult times. Right now, they are not here. It is all fun. Um, and if we can continue to get Nkunku and to get Nico Jackson and Mikhailo Mudrik and other players, even Matson scoring, uh, that's what we need. We need a collection of goal scorers this season. 
And it looks like Nico Jackson is just as happy to assist as he is to score. I mean, it's what Arsenal did. You know, I know that you, Nick, you'll frequently talk about like the 20 goal striker and they just don't really exist outside of a couple of them. It's now more about how do you get 70 plus goals than who, than who gets them. But at some point the numbers have to add up, right? Look, uh, I just, you know, 2023, we're doing it differently now. I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> so, by what you just said. Uh, look, let's get those goals because I think with Chelsea's defense, you don't need a hundred goals to do really well. You know, if you get 70 goals and you're only conceding mid thirties, like we did last year, you're winning two out of every three games probably. Right. And if you're doing that, then we're having a pretty good year. Right. So I, I look at that as a, as the benchmark can Chelsea, you know, two preseason matches in nine goals, right. Can Chelsea, two goals a match in the Premier League. You know, it's not impossible. It's, it seems like it might have been a, a big ask. It, it's not impossible, but you got to do it. Because, I mean, if, if Chelsea are back in the low 50s to 7, like, that, then we're mid-table again. Uh, I thought Trevor looked good, and we really need him with Fofana being out. Yep. Um, Enzo getting his first minutes, Dan. At one point, he had unbelievable amount of ball skill on the sideline in between two to three Brighton players. I don't know how he didn't lose it. He was assertive. He was yelling. He was unhappy with anything but perfection. Again, no, no, no beat skip by him. He's going to be a standard bearer this season. I think it's very clear the way that Poch was hugging him and giving him instructions before he came on that he's going to be a in very influential player for this side and this team. He's the one of the longest contracted players for the club, the longest contracted player for the club at the moment. And so thinking about it, that mind, his, his individual success and Chelsea's success are inextricably linked with one another. And so just as much as we're rooting for Enzo to be the best possible Enzo, like we're rooting for Chelsea to be the best possible Chelsea and those things are going to go hand in hand. No doubt. Anything on Enzo? Um, you know, again, for first minutes, uh, he's coming back from, you know, work in the off season. You know, I think he'll get blended into the squad pretty quick. I mean, his talent is ridiculous. We all know that he still needs a partner. You know, we could talk about that in, in the upcoming segment as to what the hell is going to happen there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, if you're looking for, you know, an area where maybe things weren't super great today, I would, you know, I'd kind of put Sterling in that category. I'd put Keppa in that category, frankly. Um, I think some of the service is, you know, from the back was really, really dicey. And against teams that press, right? And I'm not saying that, that Brighton were everywhere today like they were last season, the regular season, but like, it just looked super shaky. And the the one thing you sign him for is his ability to play the ball at the back, and he can't hit the, the ball to uh, Sterling, who's wide open on the right wing, five or six times. Uh, it's it's concerning to me because at some point you have to break that press and, and move the ball outfield. Yeah, I, again, first first minutes, I think we have a high expectation and assume he will do well. Uh, we're going to take a last ad break. When we get back, more subs, especially from the new signings. So thank you to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, um, Cassidy, first time I got to see him in person. Unit, big guy. Uh, I saw Olivia Buzaglo tweeted that she essentially was like, yeah, he can stay. I'm good. 
I would say I do think alone, like to a luster, would do him a lot of good. This guy needs a heavy load of minutes this upcoming season. The potential's there. The tools are there. He just needs to polish up some of the decision-making and some of the little parts of the game. But my word, like, there's a lot of intangibles in that young man. Well, Potch had the comments before the game talking about the size of squad that he wants, which is somewhere in the 22, 23, 24. So you get rid of a few more people three-ish people, four people, you're there. And that's not including anyone who gets added in as an acquisition. So you're going to have some individuals like Angelo likely, most likely goes on loan. You're not going to have an indefinite number of minutes if people are healthy. And we root for people to be healthy. You have to plan that people may not. And so the question for Cassie would be, do you want to gamble on getting some minutes but probably in the hundreds or are you hoping that someone gets injured and that's going to be your way into the team or that you're going to be able to get ahead of an Enzo of a a Santos I mean that's kind of who your your comp is like can you beat out Santos can you beat out Gallagher can you beat out any one of these other midfielders who are currently I would say above him in the pecking order and again, there I, I grouped a couple of players together who maybe don't have the same exact profile or skill set. But I'm just saying, in general, there's a midfield pool, there's midfield minutes. I don't know if there's enough minutes to sustain him and all the others that we have. And I, it just feels like he might be the first one to go. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I mean, what I like about Cassidy is. Not only is he big, strong, physical, all this stuff that like physically it doesn't take a genius to look at and figure out, his touch is really good. And and like he weaved through four or five Brighton players on that run today. Obviously loses the ball at the end, and that's kind of the finished product that I think Brandon you were talking about. But like this player to me needs just a little bit of finishing school. And then you have a guy who is uh, very much in the mold of, of a Ruben Loftus-Cheek to me, right? Ability to carry the ball, distribute, go ahead, all that sort of stuff. And so that that's a really interesting option. I, I agree with you. I think alone would, would be best for him. But, you know, we're we're kind of in a place where if we, if we don't do the business that we need to do, that he might have to stay. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing uh, as I look through the lineup. I just think heavy minutes would be the best thing for him. To your point, guys, club got to manage the squad and, and what they want to do. What do they want to take gambles on and what they don't? There's no doubt there's a ton of raw talent in this team. Potch has uh, got a big job ahead of him, but I bet he's excited with what he's got to work with, knowing that we're not going to go backwards at the end of the day. So um, as we look here, we did get some quotes from Pochettino after the match. Obviously, he was quite happy with the performance. It'd be hard not to. I know we gave up three, including a penalty. But at the end of the night, from a preseason result, this is good. Those are things you can tidy up. Um, let's see. He said, of course, a coach is never happy when he can see goals. But it's normal because it's only two and a half weeks of work. And, the, and we get to evolve in different areas of the team. I'm happy. I saw many positive things. I'm so happy with the attitude of the players. And the staff, we showed great attitude and energy against a team that did fantastic job last season. That's a big one. We talk about attitude, uh, mentality, the energy in the team. It was zero last preseason. 
I think with so much turnover in the squad and a new manager, there's just natural buy-in. I hate to say it, Dan, bringing in a new coach, head coach, is going to force these players to recommit to the cause because they have no stock credit and they know that the manager's not going for at least a year probably. (laughs) Never say never with Chelsea, but I hope that you are even on the low end in terms of your time and expectation because if he does really well, me and Chelsea are doing really well, and if he's there for multiple years, he's hopefully uh, won infinitely more number of trophies at Chelsea than he did at Spurs. Wouldn't take much. Exactly. I, I think in general, you're seeing this, though. You saw the comments that... Nico Jackson had with Rebecca Lowe after the game where he's mm-hmm. talking about like how excited he is to be here. Yep. You have players who want to be here and want to play for Chelsea. And we got rid of a bunch of players who did not want to be here and did not want to play for Chelsea. And every season since we've done this podcast, we talked about in the summer or in the winter there's this player or this group of players or these four players who don't want to be here, who don't look happy. There's reports of locker room unrest and Chelsea have finally started doing something about it. And yep. that, that is one of the best things that they could do for Mauricio Pochettino is to give him a group of people that want to be here or that want to play for him. And now we're in a position, Nick, where you know he's getting to really shape the identity of this team moving forward. And he's getting a chance to reinforce who he wants to be here as well. Yeah. I mean, Mudrick, I really enjoyed that one. When I took my shot, I didn't think about anything else. I practiced this stuff in training. There's a lot of this came from training. Uh, my understanding with Nico, just imagine this was our first game together, right? <laughs> first the, minutes together. Yeah. So, and then, and then you get Poch on the other side. Mikhailo Mudrick is a great talent, a young talent. We need to improve him and make him feel important. It's a big challenge for us to put him in a place where he feels comfortable and where he can show his amazing talent. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff is true. And, you know, Nico talking about the good vibes and the players enjoying each other. And, you know, Reese James putting out a really nice, you know, tweet today about how special the fans make him feel. You know, like, again, it's all little stuff, right? And and none of that is going to win you a Premier League or even get you top four. But... Again, contextually, how bad last season felt, it's really, really important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you look at where where Poch is coming from, and I think he feels good about everything. You know, it's only going to improve morale. Like, every, every result that you get improves morale, right? Every good thing you do in training improves morale. So let's just hope they can keep it going. Do we want to talk about the Levi Cole quote from Pochettino? The spicy one? We don't need to say anything or make a statement. He is our player, and he is going to continue with us. He is a good player and did better than I expect. I am so happy with him, and he could become one of the greatest center backs in England. Stop. Yeah. I mean, he's got to say something. So it's because Deserby's presser, I believe, was after Potch's yesterday. So, you know, this was his first chance. It seemed like they were fine on the touchline. There's been some photos and some clips of them talking and stuff. And, you know, I'm sure Potch doesn't really care because he's like, well, I know our situation. We're good. We're locked. Casado, on your part, yeah, maybe a little bit different, you know, but that's his problem. Pochettino has done that a couple times now. He's said Chelsea is, what, one of the biggest teams in England when he first came. Uh, That's coming from someone who managed Spurs. He's now saying that Levi Cole can be one of the best center backs in England. 
he doesn't. I mean, he just, he, it's a high line with Posh. Like, one of the best. That's where we aim. Mikhailo Mudrik saying we only think about first place. That's what you need from a team. Uh, the mentality, the oh. the precedent of excellence. Those are the things that I don't think Potter did well last season, and it showed on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, a collective failure across the board, right? But um, I love the just matter-of-fact way of speaking that's happened. Like, we're not going to play your game. Not only are we not going to play your game, we're going to beat you on the field, and then we're not going to play your game, right? So shut up. Uh, figure out what you want to do with your player, but uh, it's it's kind of at this point, you know, we were talking at the at the pub earlier. I kind of want Chelsea to go after Shuameni at this point. Stop playing Brighton's fucking game. Get a real offer on the table, and maybe leave them holding the bag with a player that they want insane amount of money for, and and really give them the old fuck around and find out graph uh, at the end because. There's been a lot of shit that's been happening between these two clubs. And frankly, Chelsea should not engage with a Brighton on any of this stuff. Um, so not only is it great to beat them today, uh, I think, you know, winning the press conference after, especially after yesterday, and on top of it, maybe finding the right midfield target elsewhere is a thing you have to do. If they're not going to play ball, then you got to move on. Yeah, you know, he, to his credit, he did have a couple of very nice things to say about former former player he coached. Now, Chelsea, Mikhail Mudrik had very, very nice things to say about him during his post-match press conference and that he was excited for him. And then he also talked about how he doesn't understand the red and uh, if he speaks, he might get in trouble for it. So, like, we, we were already, like, this was a preseason match that felt like it was already in the middle of a Premier League season because it just had all the drama, the spice, the villains, the antagonists, everything that makes football the best event on a week-by-week basis was here in Philadelphia over this weekend, and we were all lapping it up. And I think it just sets the stage, Brandon, for a very exciting event this week when we kind of go to Atlanta, we get a chance to see Chelsea take on Newcastle, who are now trying to adopt that mentality of being a big club in England um, relative to where Chelsea were recently and trying to put out their chest. And it would be another statement win that we could stack on top of these here in preseason. Is it Newcastle next or Fulham? Newcastle. All right, yeah. Uh, I'm going game by game. I don't know about you guys, day by day here. All I know is that we have an extremely early flight into Hotlanta, and uh, you know, then I'll then I'll prepare myself for the next one. Brennan's it's where the players play, as yeah. you know. And um, look, I, I think before we depart, Philadelphia's been awesome. Um, out Philly, honestly, like I've never been here before. Uh, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Philly Blues, great hosts for the for the entire weekend. Tiernan Oak Pub, amazing. The city itself, amazing. Uh, and, you know, genuinely excited that we got to do this then. I mean, so many people, you know, we have tons of Boston Blues, tons of New York Blues, people from Houston, Austin. All over Motor City, Rocky Mountain Blues. Milwaukee Blues. Just so many people <laughs> collected here. And, again, it's just so amazing to see the tapestry of people who come together, who support this club, who make these efforts, who travel hundreds or thousands of miles who spend 
obscene amounts of money on bar tabs and put together a really great time for one another. And the relationships are just fantastic. And you got to see a win, which makes it even that much sweeter. Shout out to, shout to BJ Burris of, of Shannon Dallas, who bought, I think, every single drink that we consumed for a period of time. Uh, hospitality at its finest. And uh, look, Barat, Jake, the rest of the Philly Blues, you guys are doing it right. Great people. Yeah, absolutely. Ton of fun. Um, I got to sit with Eric, one of the listeners from New York today, and, and his buddy and son, and it was a ton of fun as well. Um, with the people around it uh it just makes for a great trip i mean honestly like chelsea's the backdrop to these trips like if people ever have the chance to come we can't say enough like it doesn't matter what happens on the pitch that's bonus the amount of fun and connections that we make along the way it outshines every other part of it so if you have a chance to get to atlanta get to dc even chicago take it up go for it you're not going to regret it message us we'll help connect you if you need if you're going there by yourself um, either we'll be there or people that we know will be there. So super, super fun. Uh, Chelsea have been doing a good job. I would also say a lot less distractions this summer in terms of sponsor and uh, maybe uh, media duties. Things are a lot tighter. Uh, no even real open training sessions. So again, more focused, more understanding. Uh, second year for new owners. I think they've uh, started to figure some things out a little bit in that sense. Um, which I did find out because I was in the elevator with Bidad Igbali for about 12 seconds today. Really, I uh, name-dropped him right there? I sure did. Yeah. Goes running with Gary wow. Cahill in the morning. Wow, yeah. Going up elevators. Up. Show, shows I'm up Shows up to one stop on the tour and decides he's going to be a part of the Beatles. You know, I mean, that's really fascinating. I was with an owner of the club. It's a big deal. You should embrace that. Didn't that? say a word to him. Nope. No. Anyway, so <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. <laughs> and uh, look, Brandon is going to continue talking about how amazing he is. But we want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. Brandon's trying yeah, to get invited to the Egg Bali Thanksgiving. So we can end this one. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Job. Keep the blue flag flying high.